Sabres Daily with Jason Mertidis. Day four on the hockey hiatus. This is Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. And welcome to Flyers Daily with not just Jason Mertidis. It's Jason Mertidis and Brian Smith, a Flyers Daily tag team on day four with no hockey. And I'd love to say the count. Down is on, but we just don't know when we're counting down to just yet, Bri. How's it going? How's uh, how's it been without hockey? Uh, it's been uh, it's been interesting. Uh, you know the, the the paint is dry now. I've been watching that happen, and uh, <laughs> you know there's uh, a bunch of other stuff that uh, you just kind of shift gears. I mean, it's it's interesting. It wasn't just hockey for you know for for you know you and me. I mean, obviously we're doing it for a living and stuff, so it uh, you know changed the course of our our work environments but uh you know for like, like everybody else out there i think uh you know things have been getting canceled left and right in terms of regular life uh you know the kids uh, hockey tournaments and you know everything that was going on my one of my sons was supposed to leave for disney world with his high school band on tuesday that's canceled obviously the, the schools are closed it's really kind of bizarre <laughs> so yeah. uh almost has a i guess we'll see after what, 9-11 uh, feel doesn't it <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's well, it's it's like there, it's like it's like there's a blizzard. You know, it's just like there's a blizzard coming, except it's not there and it's gonna be here for three weeks. <laughs> it's <laughs> you know, it's funny because so my wife and I we did we ran to the grocery store and they were out of a lot of stuff. They had more stuff than I that I I thought they would have, but we kind of accomplished what we wanted. And you know, it was weird because I'm like, yeah, this is like everybody's preparing for a blizzard, but it's 70 degrees and sunny out. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, you can drive places. You know, you don't yeah. have to shovel. But uh, you know, the, the calendars have been cleared, <laughs> so yeah. it's uh, you know, it's 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 good opportunity to clean off the front porch for us. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, well, you no, should actually, throw paint on it. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, you never know. I mean, we've been so busy around what we do that. Uh, you know, I, our Christmas tree's still been up, but we'll probably have time to take oh that God. down. So <laughs> now's a good time hang, to do it. Bye. I was, was going to just hang Easter eggs on it and leave it there. <laughs> I got to tell you, the fact that your that your Christmas tree is still up is a stone cold violation. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I have you got to be here to take it down. I haven't been here much. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got the perfect opportunity, and because of the 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 days of modern technology. The good news is for everybody is that we get to continue to bring you Flyers Daily, and we're going to continue to do that. And, Bri, um, you know, obviously we're all waiting to hear some more news, and as this thing develops, will it get worse before it gets better uh, from a health perspective, and, and we'll see where it goes. It seems like the NHL has a lot of uh, strong contingencies in place, and Gary Bettman and his uh, Bill Daly and that whole the crew up there that run the uh, league out of New York seem to have their ducks in line, and, and when the time is right, they're going to reveal what the the plan is going to be going forward. Yeah, and it's really kind of hard to do because you know you can make plans, but you know, and I think they have made plans. But the, the problem is, is you don't know when to enact them because you can come out and say, "Well, yeah, we're going to start," you know, they're going to start having practices again next week. Well, you know, maybe maybe the cases caseload is tripled for this by next week so you, you you wouldn't be able to it's it's just it was so bizarre just to kind of look back on the last five days i mean the the league had um you know they had uh you know put in the 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 plate put in place the restrictions on the media going into the locker rooms we actually did operate for a few days under those protocols 
Um, but but then from there it started uh, you know started making plans to play games in empty buildings. But before they could even get to the point where they used that protocol, all of a sudden everything's off. Uh, you know it's crazy how quickly things moved and they had to change the plans. So, so I'm sure there is some sort of contingency. Uh, you know again it's going to really largely depend on how much time this takes out. Um, you know you can't. Uh, you can't, this can't go on indefinitely, obviously, but it also, uh, you know, you can't have an indefinite season. Um, you know, you, you, this team, you know, the league can't really feasibly play into August, September, what have you. Um, so it, it is going to be really interesting to see where this goes. And obviously it's going to be unprecedented, whatever it is. Yeah. And the one thing is there, there's probably marks on the calendar yeah. Uh, that that the commissioner has says okay when we get to this point this is the option when we get to this point this is the lesser yeah. option yeah. and that's how it's going to go probably taking a lot like they did uh, lockouts back you know back when we had yep. them uh, fortunately it's uh, you know a more amicable circumstance at least between parties but you know you back in 0405 you had these you know they, that's the way they planned it if we don't have a, uh, something like by this we're not going to have a full season if we don't have something by this we're not going to have any season so that's probably a good point that they they are uh, you know going to try to figure out what they're going to do if it's three weeks what they're going to do if it's six weeks you know what what have you so it's uh you know that, that's really the only thing you can do at this point and then once you have things in place just sit back and wait yeah they do seem steadfast in the fact that they want to hand out that stanley cup this year and we're, we're hoping that uh you know all the the health officials in this country and this gets under control and people heed the advice of either self-quarantining or social distancing and they can as they term it, flatten that curve. But, okay, Bryce, so th- the theme of this episode, and I put out a tweet so uh, everybody could respond and put their uh, input in as well, and I'll go through these as we go through, but I just basically said for the next Flyers Daily, you can fill out your winners from the Flyers in the following categories. So the Hart Trophy, which is the uh, team MVP, the Selkie is the best defensive forward, the Nars, the best uh, defenseman, the Calder, which is the best rookie, the Lady Bing, which is the, I guess, the uh, good class award or classy guy award. Uh, most improved player, most impactful addition to the team this year, best performance or best moment, and then the most entertaining player. Uh, you and I have filled these out as well. I have a winner and a runner-up for all of these. So oh, let's dear. start at the top. <laughs> I, have, I have runners up in mind for a lot of them, but I didn't write them down. So we'll figure oh, okay. it out. <laughs> all right. Well, for, for the MVP of the Flyers, let's start with the heart. That's the big one. Uh, who is your MVP uh, through uh, I, this many games so far this season? Well, for me, uh, the you know just looking at the grand scheme of things, I picked Sean Couturier, and I you know just uh, leaned his way over a couple of other possibilities just from the complete package standpoint. Uh, you know, when you look at what Sean Couturier has brought to the table this year, um, you know, second leading scorer on the team. But, uh, you know, not to spoil the next one, but obviously a very uh, top defensive forward as well. Um, You know, so I I really think in terms of everything that he's put out there for this team this year, he is uh, the one guy that if he wasn't there, the Flyers would uh, suffer the most uh, in his absence. So that's kind of the way I've always looked at the MVP awards, uh, whether it was this or the American Hockey League or whatever. It's it's what uh, what 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 player would a team uh, most have a problem playing without. And uh, for me, that's Sean Couturier. Yeah, I have the same one. Sean Couturier is my MVP. And, and there was a, a, a guy on Twitter that put out the 
entry draft of 2011 and the players uh, taken in that first round, and it ranks them according to the NHL entry draft 2011 by wins above replacement. The number one guy on the list is Sean Couturier. He was taken really? number eight overall. Yeah, 20.4. Now, some will say, you know, Shifley's right behind him. who was taken before him in the draft at seven at 19.3, but Couturier did play his first two years in the NHL. Shifley did not. True. So some will cite that, but it doesn't minimize it. And, Brian, it's interesting because when you consider some of the other names in this draft, I'll give you the number three, Nikita Kucherov mm-hmm. <laughs> to the, the Tampa Bay yeah. Lightning. Andre Palat is number four. Gabriel Landeskog is number five. Goudreau is sixth, and he was taken 103rd. Huberdeau is seventh. Mika Zibanejad is ninth. Nugent Hopkins is in there. Uh, Dougie Hamilton, Vinny Trocek, J.T. Miller, Oscar Kleppbaum. There's a lot of big names here. And Sean Couturier is at the top of that list from the 2011 entry draft. That's really impressive. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it's very interesting to me to look at the whole body of work there because, you know, up until three years ago, I don't think you, you know, I don't think you would have seen Sean Couturier on that list. But uh, when he, uh, you know, when he went to Dave Haxtall and, uh, and said, hey, I want to be a bigger slice of the pie here. I want to be, uh, you know, um, you know, want to do more. I want to have a little more responsibility. And, uh, you know, they come out in the training camp next year and he's on the, the, the top line. And in fact, really kind of started the end of the year prior to that. But, um, you know, that's, that's, that's changed his career. And, you know, I, I can only, I don't know what would have happened if the flyers had done that with him two or three years earlier. Um, maybe he wouldn't have been ready for it. I, I don't know. But, um, you know, when you, uh, when you look at how that whole thing progressed, um, it's, it's really kind of remarkable, especially these last three years, what he's turned into. Yeah. He's turned into a great offensive player as well. He had uh, 32, uh, 32 straight 30 goal seasons, 31 goals in 2017, 18, and then 33 last year, two back-to-back 76 point seasons. He's got 22 so far this year. And you got to remember, this is a guy that led the, the, the queue for Drummondville in scoring one year. I mean, he, he's a guy that is a tremendous player. I mean, he was an offensive player in junior and scoring, you know, 96 points two years in a row. So, yeah, yep. no and, uh, yeah, there. it's funny because you, you never know how those numbers are going to translate because you see, you see some of these silly numbers come out of junior sometimes. Guys scoring 130 points and 60 games or something like that, averaging over two points a game. And it doesn't always translate to the NHL level. Uh, you know, it, it takes uh, a successful transition for a player with that kind of numbers to, to be effective in the NHL. So, um, you know, that that's kind of, uh, you know, one of those things where, you know, Couturier in his first few years, you know, 30, 40 points, whatever, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, before that 50th anniversary season, just uh, taking that next step, you know, it's it's uh, hopeful that he'll be able to continue to produce like this for a while. Yeah, you look at a guy like Patrick O'Sullivan, who had uh, a couple of 80-point uh, seasons and a 90-point season in the OHL. He was not a guy that was able to score when it came to getting into the NHL. My runners up there were Konechny and Provorov, by the way, for the heart. We'll hear from uh, those names, I'm sure, will both come up here yeah. throughout this. Let's go to the yeah. Selkie. Who who's your Selkie winner? I imagine it's the same guy. Yeah, it is. And then, you know when, when you're gonna when you're gonna promote Sean Couturier for Selkie in the entire team uh, in the entire league, um, obviously he would be that that guy uh, for you on on your team as well. Um, you know, I guess just taking a look at some other guys that would be 
in the running for that. If, uh, if not for Couturier, you know, I've really liked what Kevin Hayes has brought to the table. He'd probably be my pick if Couturier wasn't playing the way he is. Uh, Hayes has, you know, contributed in a lot of different ways to this team, but the penalty kill has been uh, much, much improved and it's been improved a lot because of him. So he'd probably be, uh, you know, the guy that I would pick other than Couturier, since he would be the obvious choice at this point. Yeah, I have Hayes as my runner-up along with uh, Slash Claude Giroux, who has moved back and forth from the wing to center. All right, time for the Norris. Uh, who's your Norris winner It's top defenseman? So I went back and forth on this uh, quite a bit. <laughs> you know, so did I. It's, it's, the top, it's the top pairing that's been terrific for the, the Flyers this year. Um, but uh, I ended up leaning toward Ivan Provorov, and I, I did so – largely because of his workhorse mentality. He has not missed a game, not only this year, but in his NHL career as of yet, uh, knocking on some wood every time I bring this up. Um, but uh, just the minutes that he eats up, he's uh, he's averaging just under 25 minutes a game, which is eighth in the entire league. And uh, that, to me, gives him the edge there. Uh, the you know, the, 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 the pluses that Niskanen brings to the table, um, you know, it's got a, a better plus minus rating. Some people like that stat. Some people don't, um, you know, Provorov has, uh, more goals, slightly fewer assists. That's one thing that, you know, you have to consider in the Norris, mm-hmm. uh, in the, in the Norris running, but, uh, to me it's secondary and it really, that's one of my pet peeves in pro hockey when, uh, when a league just automatically gives its best defenseman award to the leading scorer among defensemen, that happens quite a bit in the American Hockey League um, and some of the lower leagues where not everybody always sees all these defensemen play, um, but uh, not so much in the NHL. But that's the way I lean, again, just kind of toward the standpoint of uh, you know what uh, Provorov does in terms of logging minutes and just being steady back there um, and, and being there every night. Yeah, I, I went Provorov as well. An easy way as a runner-up, I could have gone Niskanen. Uh, I'll have his name in another category coming up, but I went Travis Sanheim for being the anchor of that second deep pairing along with Phil Myers. So um, let's go to uh, the Calder. This is the top rookie for the Flyers right now. Who do you got as your Calder winner? So again, there, there's a good there's a good bit to choose from here, and that's a good problem for the Flyers to have. Um, in the end, I picked Phil Myers. Uh, wow. And, and the, this, to me, is a, a, a situation where, you know, in, in the early going, uh, there were a little bit of growing pains. But when you look at how Phil has come around over the course of the season, um, you know, he has uh, contributed a bit offensively, 16 points, but he's plus 17. And, you know, again, regardless of what you think about plus minus, you know, you don't get to be plus 17 when you are. Uh, you know, when you're struggling defensively, um, you know, there has been some times obviously where there's been some growing pains there. Um, but uh, just looking at the grand scheme of how things played out, um, I picked him. And then my runner up, the, the guy that I really considered a lot for, for this year was, it wasn't even uh, Joel Farabee who's the leading rookie scorer. It was Nicholas Albay Kubel. Um, he's uh, you and really I are been on the exact same page, Brian. Yeah. Really, really been admired, impressive yep. since he's gotten here. And, uh, you know, he's got, he doesn't have, ton of offensive numbers, but he doesn't have as many games played either. So that's just kind of the way I lean. There, you, know, there, you can certainly consider Farabee. You can put a couple other guys in there too. Yeah, and uh, G. Faust on Twitter went Phil Myers as well. I went Myers and Albe Kubel. Albe Kubel, I think, had a, a six-game point streak uh, throughout that nine-game win streak. Shawnee uh, Hill uh, had Albe Kubel in there as well. 
Uh, Andy McCall on Twitter had Faraby. Yeah, the, the fact that he hasn't played as many games, Faraby, is the reason why he's not there for me. And I just think that Phil Myers in that tandem with him and, and Travis Sanheim, I mean, it's just gotten better and better since December. It's just been a lockdown second deep airing, which I think is a huge thing for them. Um, let's go to the uh, Lady Bing, the good guy award. Now, a lot <laughs> you of people, know, this is hard because a lot of people don't yeah. have much interaction with the players other than the carnival or the rare occurrence, but you and I do. So who do you got for the Lady Bing? Well, I mean, if you were talking about off the ice, um, you know, there, there's some guys in there that wouldn't win this award normally. <laughs> you could put yeah. Scott Lawton in there. You could put uh, uh, a lot of these guys in there. If we were talking about uh, just overall human being, I'd probably pick Scott Lawton. But uh, he did shove a guy off the uh, dasher board in front of the bench. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he <can't, laughs> might not be able to consider him for the real trophy. But I, I actually went with James Van Riemsdyk, and I, I did so just from the standpoint of uh, – uh, a couple of weeks back, I forget. It might have been one of the two Rangers games. Um, he snapped and went after somebody. And when that happened, you're just like, wow. <laughs> you don't see that very often. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, that just to me, I think, uh, kind of illustrates how surprised you would be to see uh, somebody like James Van Reems like do that. He gets, you know, he's a consummate pro. He goes about his business uh, every single day. Um, you know, he's always there if you need him for a, uh, a chat uh, during the game or after the game or what have you. So, um, so that's the way I leaned on this one. Mm, that's a great choice. I, I did not have him, and you know where I went. I went with the uh, with both the goalies. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I went Brian Elliott, Carter Hart. I, I I I I have to admit that I did not consider the goalies when I was looking down my list, and I think that's a good call by you, actually. Yeah, both. Uh, I mean, I did a, a, an interview, a taped an interview with Carter Hart early in the year, earlier in the year, and uh, he came in about ten minutes later. He was walking back to get to the uh, masseuse, and he said, uh, "Was that all right? Do you need me to do any of it again?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, man, that's pro athletes. That's not normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, I went with uh, Elliot and Hart. And Elliot's always been a really gracious guy, and I, uh, I know some people have voted for him for the Masterton as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah. most improved player. Well, I went with Travis Konechny on this one. Uh, I know that he has been on a uh, you know a relatively constant bell curve, if you will. Um, you know, you're, you're, and that's fortunate. You're seeing Konechny develop the way that uh, everybody hopes a forward will develop in this league. Um, it's been a, a constant upward trend for him, but for me, he's just taken a, another step this year in terms of being uh, the 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 dynamic offensive guy that he has been and, and earning the all-star nod for the team as well, uh, I think is what wraps it up for him. I would have loved to, to give it to Oscar Lindblom and you might still consider Oscar Lindblom based on just the 30 games. I think if his season had kept going, he might've been a shoe in for this award. Um, but just based on what has happened, I, uh, I have leaned toward Konechny. Yeah, it's a, that's a really good one. And you're right because, He's also a guy that's doing the right things in the D zone and the neutral zone as well, which was a little bit of his issues a couple of years ago. I went with Scott Lawton because, to me, he's just jumped to a new level. You can put him in your top six. You can put him in the middle. You can put him on the wing. Um, you know, per game pace, he's scoring more than he's ever scored in the NHL. I think in uh, 49 games, he has 13 goals, 14 assists, 27 points. He's a, the, the straw that stirs the drink. To me, he's the most improved. Yeah. I admire as my backup there. 
Yeah, I actually, so. uh, you know, I, I can, I definitely agree with, with that sentiment as well. Uh, Myers, I, I guess when I was looking at this, I was looking at, um, you know, from last year to this year, Myers is probably have earned the award just this year <laughs> from what yeah. he was at the beginning of the year to now. And, and Scotty Lawton, I think it's really cool to see what's happened to him since, uh, um, you know, prior to uh, Vegas coming into the league, when a lot of people thought that the Flyers might expose him in the expansion draft, um, you know, not only did they protect him, but they doubled down and signed him to a multi-year deal, and they, uh, I think that really uh, injected him with some confidence. And you know, again, in looking at the overall numbers, um, one thing I might have missed here is that Lawton did miss 20 games with uh, that hand injury and yep. other things. So. When you look at the body of work that he has played, that's a, that's a very good call. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, the other thing, too, with Lawton, he was sent down to the to the Phantoms that year and went down and worked on his game. And, you know, now that he's back up, he appreciates where he is. He's a real good yeah, guy. I mean, having a great year. That, that's the one. That's an interesting trajectory that he's taken. And a lot of people have kind of forgotten about it now is that he, you know, he played an entire year for the Flyers in uh in the 15 16 season 71 games and then the the very next year he got squeezed out and he spent the entire year in in lehigh valley save for for two games um and then you know by that point you're wondering okay well what's what's going on with this guy um and then uh you know the you know he got back up the next year and then it's just uh, gotten better and better from there Yep, played two games in the 16-17 season, then 81 and 82, and he's got 49 and so far this year. Let's go to the most impactful edition. I think we can spend a little time on this one because I think we know uh, the answer or the answers. Well, you know, again, I, I went uh, back and forth on this between, uh, um, you know, Matt Niskanen and Kevin Hayes, and I bet you probably did too. And uh, yep. in, in the long run, I leaned toward Niskanen just because, um, you know, I, again, he's – he was my my runner up in terms of the Norris discussion, um, but I can't. I don't think it can be understated uh, the um, you know what he's brought to Ivan Provorov's game as well. It's really kind of hard to quantify, but if you look at um, Ivan Provorov's progression, um, you know last year was a bit of an off year for him overall in the, in the overall way that he was playing. Yeah, it certainly was not all on him that the Flyers gave up so many goals, but, uh, you know, he went from 41 points and a plus 17 in, uh, 17, 18 to, to, um, 26 points and a minus 16. That's a 30 some point swing in the plus minus, um, you know, from, uh, his uh, second year to his third year. So I really think Niskanen's uh, presence has done something to, uh, to, to settle Provorov down and kind of push him forward. And I think that's what Chuck Fletcher was trying to do when he brought him in. So, that's the uh, the impactful addition to me. Um, you know, again, I, I don't know where we would be if Kevin Hayes had not been signed this past summer, but um, he would be a close second for me. Yeah, they certainly wouldn't be where they are in the standings. I have Hayes at number one, Niskin in at two. A lot of people, uh, Jack uh, Jacklist seventy four seventy five on Twitter says Hayes. Uh, I do see a lot of love here in that regard. Most impactful addition from Bouljon says Hayes, but Niskin in a very close second. Most impactful from Hayden Bailey goes with Hayes, and also uh, Andy Boyle goes with Niskanen. So you can't go wrong with either of those guys, and you're definitely right. Niskanen has not only calmed things down defensively for Proveroff, but he's also calmed it down for that entire decor. Yeah. All right, time for your your best performance or best moment so far of the season through 69 games. 
took a little bit of uh, looking back to try to pinpoint things. Um, it, it is it is interesting over the course of a regular season. A lot of things are a blur sometimes, but um, I settled on the February twentieth win in Columbus, where the Flyers had been down three to one uh, in Columbus, a place where they have not done well in recent years, and they were able to uh, to to complete the comeback and Kevin Hayes got the win in overtime. And the reason I lean toward that game is I really think that it was a catalyst on the overall nine game win streak and getting the flyers to where they are right now as they uh, wait this overall situation out. Uh, That was the second game in the streak. Um, But uh, you know, they'd already won the the first one on the 18th against Columbus. Uh, But that one, you know, that, that really, you know, for one, for one thing at the time, the two teams were so close in the standings and for the flyers to go in and, and sweep both of those was huge, but you don't get the sweep if you don't win the second one. And they were already down in a place where they've had a lot of trouble winning and they had a, uh, um, you know, they were down uh, two men for a good bit of time yeah. in the third period. So that's the game I picked. You can certainly identify a whole bunch of other ones. Uh, there was the 7-4 to four win over Columbus earlier in the year. There was the big win in uh, Washington back on January the 8th. Um, but in terms of uh, the, the most meaningful for this team to this point of the season, I went with that one. Yeah, I, my number one one was actually recent. Maybe there's a bias because it was you know the recency bias, but Carter Hart's 38 saves on 39 shots versus the Sabres when his team didn't show up with their A game. They didn't show up with their B game or C game. I think they showed up, the team <laughs> did, with their D game. But uh, against an inferior opponent who played well that night in the Sabres, Hart stops 38 of 39. Uh, my best moment was the 5-2 comeback against Boston to force overtime. And then obviously what happened in the shootout with Brad Marchand and the whiff. Yeah. Is my I saw that one a lot on people's on Twitter as well, but that's a good one. Um, somebody mentioned on Twitter as well. This is a good one. The Carter Hart glove save uh, in the second game of the season. This was uh, uh, P. Sturm said uh, Hart backdoor robbery versus the Devil second game into the season, and that was on a power play on Taylor Hall. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it was a filthy save. So. Yep, and that got him his first shutout. Um, yep. I, I looked this up. Uh, I think after the Buffalo game because. I, I thought I felt like there's been so many times that Carter Hart has almost had a shutout, and I believe when I looked it up that there were there's 17 games this year where he has allowed one or fewer goals. You know, so 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 you have the shutout, which is the one, and then 16 other times he's been uh, a one goal goalie. I mean, that's the kind of thing that a goalie doesn't necessarily get credit for unless you've got people going around wow this happened a lot yeah i mean he you yeah. know you know if you if he if he if half of those games you know, the one goal didn't squeak in um we're talking about a you know a second year goalie here with eight shutouts i mean that would be huge yeah um so, well, so yeah. one goal is outrageous yeah <laughs> yeah know, absolutely you're gonna win a lot when that happens yep so right. you know that that uh yeah that that's uh that's the one thing where we were just backing up. You know, I, I did think about that when looking at the MVP. Um, you know, it's it was you know the the struggles on the road this season that made me think other things. But uh, I'm hoping that uh, in future years when we do this exercise, that it won't even be a question that Carter Hart's in that role. Yeah, no question about it. And he's going to be the guy moving forward. 41 saves against Anaheim back in uh, in December. He had some big nights where. 
and, and that was a one. That's a, goal, a game where he only gave up one goal when they really weren't <laughs> playing well as well. Uh, most entertaining. Who do you got here? So, again, there's a bunch of characters on this team. Um, I, I I went with Kevin Hayes just from the standpoint of you know number one, you do see. Uh, you do see him doing things on the ice. There was the belt celebration. There was stuff like that. Yep. That was um, the Columbus game, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I, honestly, a lot of the entertaining stuff we see in the mic'd up videos that we get to see on uh, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com. Um, and he obviously has been the star of those. Uh, he, um, I think, really endeared himself to a Philadelphia crowd that was a little bit irritated at how much he was being paid uh, when he first got here. I think there was just a little bit of a misunderstanding between the the fan base and what Kevin Hayes was bringing to the table when he got here. And I think those videos went a long way toward, uh, um, you know, uh, greasing the skids toward endearing him to this fan base. And then, and you know, when he started to really produce on the penalty kill and, you know, fans started to see how well he performs out there despite not being like a you know a 70 80 point score type of player um you know that was uh you know really something interesting but uh you've got him you've got uh travis connecting you've got uh scott lawton when he's on the ice is uh, is an absolute uh, ball of fun to watch um, total, so, he's a total uh, needle <laughs> yeah absolutely they both are so yeah. so but uh, i just ended up giving it to Hayes because i had to make a decision yeah i went to connect me Andy McCall on Twitter went connecting. A lot of people went connecting. Jeremy Wang ended up going Hayes where you went. Uh, Jake Pat- uh, Patterson on Twitter went with Konechny as well. Um, both of those guys certainly were the – my backup was actually Carter Harp just because I'm, I love goaltending, <laughs> especially, when it's, especially when it's good goaltending, which is uh, – both he and Brian Elliott are, are fun goalies to watch. Uh, Carter Hart's not the most uh, flashy goalie. Should I say? I guess that's the way to put it. He's quiet, but that's just because he's got elite play reading ability and technique. He just doesn't get himself out of whack like some yeah. other goalies who make spectacular saves, but usually that's a self inflicted wound. So, uh, those and in terms guys are of all veterans, good. you can even put Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek in that category. You don't see it much anymore because uh, you tend to, you know, not burden your veterans with mics up during the games and stuff like that. But you can, you can count on one thing is that if you could hear what was going out on the ice on a night-to-night basis those two guys would be uh they'd be at the top two not to mention the hallway before uh warm-ups yeah. or before periods <laughs> as well where we, you and i tend to catch a lot of that banter which is always a good time well brian you did a great job on the list i appreciate you jumping on flyers daily we'll do it again as the uh the countdown is on till we get the puck back on the ice we can't wait i know that Yep, absolutely. I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon, obviously. But uh, we're uh, we're going to keep some things going here. We're going to get some uh, some, some replays on uh, Flyers Radio twenty four seven for folks who want to hear some hockey. We'll get that going here the, this weekend probably. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep turning stuff out here as best we can, and uh, we're going to try to bridge the gap here a little bit. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening to Flyers Daily. Soon we'll be able to say enjoy your hockey. Thanks. <laughs>